You're listening to Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz, part of CKCC Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. And now your host, Jeff Trelowitz. And welcome back to episode number 64 of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. My name is Jeff, and as always, we are the home of all things spooky when it comes to CKCC Radio. Today, I would like to talk about a couple of places not too far from my own home that are well known for their haunted locations. One here in this great state, ha ha ha, just kidding, the average state of Connecticut, and one to our neighbor to the east in Rhode Island. So let's go ahead and talk about the old Newgate Prison and Copper Mine. It was founded in 1707. No wonder this National Historic Landmark is considered a place that you will give more than a few chills. But those chills really are because of restless spirits forever imprisoned in the tunnel of Newgate Prison. Or are they because of the underground tunnels that are constantly a damp 52 degrees? Whether you believe in a wandering spirit or not, the history of what was once considered the worst prison in the country is always worth a look. Located in East Granby before it was a prison, this was the site of a colonial copper mine. Efforts to ore the mine from 1707 to 1750. Eventually, the cost was more than the copper's worth and mining ceased. It was then converted into a prison which opened in 1773. The first prisoner was a gentleman by the name of John Hinson. He was sentenced to a 10-year burglary conviction and it must not have been that good of a prison because he escaped 18 days later. Every type of criminal you can imagine was sentenced to the old Newgate prison from loyalist prisoners of war. The violent murderers were imprisoned behind these walls. During the Revolutionary War, there were three major escape attempts by loyalist prisoners. It was estimated that the prisoners held in old Newgate about half of them managed to escape, which again does not say much about the conditions of the prison, the prison itself, or the guards that were, you know, in charge. Prison conditions at the old Newgate were considered the worst in the country and earned itself the name of hell. Because, you know, if you're going to be sentenced to a prison, you might as well go to hell. There was no natural light. Prisons were often kept in iron chains. Air circulation was not a thing that really happened. And there was little to no opportunity for hygiene. Now, for me personally, yeah, I think hell is a pretty good description for that. A total of 23 people were uh, have been known to have died in the prison during that time. Two known deaths include Aaron Goomer, who was killed in 1802 during a prison uprising, and Abel Starkey, who fell to his death by trying to climb a rope up the well during a prison escape the day before the prison closed down. The site was also, like I said, a copper mine, and served as a tourist attraction and state museum since the 1850s. A structural repair project began in 2009, with the site reopening on July 14, 2018. During tours, alleged spears have been seen in the tunnels. There have been reports of loud screams and claims of being touched. Voices are heard through the tunnels. Some people only claim to feel a heaviness and a sense of dread. 
Now, I'm just sitting here looking at some of the pictures of the old Newgate prison, and it definitely has a creepy vibe. Now, I'm not talking Eastern State Penitentiary creepy, because nothing is that level of creepy. But it, it, it's on a much smaller scale, and the fact that there's some places that just look like walls with nothing behind it, and again... Prisons really shouldn't have tunnels because that's just an easy way to get out when you consider, you know, like like we had said, at one point, half the prison escaped. I'm not a warden, but uh, that's not good. It's not good for business. I mean, right now I'm just looking at a uh, list of the top 10 most haunted locations in Connecticut, and uh, Old Newgate is number eight. And the number one is something that I've talked about already on this podcast, Dudley Town. So, not to be confused with Dudleyville, which is a whole other place and a whole other story. So yeah, there, there seems to be a lot of activity at uh, Old Newgate. And it definitely has me intrigued to try to find a way to get there to investigate it one way or another. It's probably, I'd say, about... 45 minutes from here, if even that. So, I mean, it definitely is doable, and I would really love to investigate there. Even not do a full investigation, just to do something in the, just to visit the prison would be cool. Ideally, I'd like to check out all 10 of these locations, and they are scattered all over the state. I have no desire to go to Dudleyville, though, just because of all, the entire reputation of that place, and it is now uh, private property, so I have absolutely no chance of going there anyway. It's probably a good thing, because again, the stories I've heard make a, a, as much of an explorer as I tend to be. If any of the stories I've heard about Dudleyville are true, then I don't want to go anywhere near it. Now, if you're curious about what I'm talking about, I did talk about Dudleyville. It was actually one of the earlier episodes. Or Dudley Town. Sorry, I keep saying Dudleyville. Uh, all the way back, it was episode 7. Seems like, you know, a long time ago. Because it was. It was March 22nd, 2020 is when I talked about Dudley Town. And, yeah, I just... No. <laughs> That's right up there with uh, the Island of the Dolls. You could not pay me to go there just because of how spooky and creepy and everything possibly wrong with that. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from Dudley. I just like I'm going to stay away from Island of the Dolls. And now let's head a little east from here and talk about a place in Rhode Island. It's been recently renamed the Graduate Providence, but for me, it'll always be known as the Biltmore Hotel. It, had, it was built in 1922 and had always had a bit of a reputation to it. A state as old as Rhode Island is bound to have some ghost stories, and we certainly have their sh they certainly have their share. But this hotel has re received national attention for its paranormal activity. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, and if you don't, why are you listening to this podcast? Although, kudos to you for at least being open. It's still a fantastic place to stay. 
Although the property was renovated and renamed in the spring of 2019, it was originally built all the way back in 1922. So the hotel itself is celebrating 100 years. The hotel was added to the National Registry of Historic Places all the way back in 1977 and is a member of Historic Hotels of America, the official program of the National Trust for Historic Preservation. It's got a artsy modern space with historic bones, and you'd never guess it has a sinister history, because it looks absolutely gorgeous inside. It definitely has that... I'm trying to think of the exact words I'm looking for, but it, it looks prestigious. It It's not, you know... A tiny hotel with you know one or two rooms oh no this this building stands out on the outside and the inside as well and then again just to think about the stories inside that we'll get into in 1918 Johan Lace Wiskoff a known Satanist financed the hotel's construction right there from the beginning, there were issues. Rumor has it he wanted to use the space to educate the public about Satanisms, or Satanism and its perks. What followed were years of rumored animal sacrifices, weekly rituals, murders, and more. In addition, the hotel was used as a speakeasy during Prohibition times, with plenty of mobsters hanging out and plenty of unexplained murders as well, because that's what you do. Between the satanic roots and the mobsters, it's really no wonder this place was named America's Most Haunted Hotel in 2000 by the American Hotel and uh, Lodging Association. Paranormal encounters here are too numerous to name. All you have to do is ask anyone that stayed at the graduate Biltmore. But whether these rumors are true, it's still a beautiful place to spend a vacation. The Providence pays homage homage to its history with its classically designed rooms and historic de decors. One of the most well-known stories of the Biltmore is the sound of phantom parties going on. Now again, the fact that this building was used as a speakeasy during Prohibition tells you exactly what kind of clientele were were at the res were at the hotel at the time and they hear those exact sounds to this day and then you open the door to the room that sounds like a party's happening and you're the only one in there now that alone gives me the creeps i mean again think about that s the, the scene in the shining and there's a lot of rumors that the biltmore served as a inspiration to Stephen King when he was writing it. And again, looking at the inside of the building and what you see in the Shining movie, you can see that correlation right there. So, like I said, it adds a lot of beauty to it, but when you hear the stories in there, it's like two different hotels. One of the things I was just reading says that when the founder was building was financing it he put a chicken coop on the roof now that doesn't sound too weird i guess except that of course the chickens were used as animal sacrifices to satan because that's what you do but perhaps the most peculiar 
and let's be honest, fucked up. And that says a lot considering, again, Satanism Hotel story involves the suicide of a man on October 24th, 1929. There was a stock market crash that resulted in someone, we don't really know his name, it was a financial worker who was so distraught, he killed himself. And not in any, you know, gunshot to the head or splicing his wrist. No, he jumped out of a 14th floor window. Though the identity of the man remains unknown, he left behind a legacy that today remains the Biltmore Hotel's most sighted guest. Though he leapt from the room of his 14th floor window, the apparition has been spotted all throughout the hotel. Many guests in lower levels have also claimed to see a man fall from a window above them, past their window, only to rush to the window and see absolutely nothing on the ground. Now imagine that. You're settling into your hotel. You're talking to your family. And you see something, don't know what, but the size of a human drop down the window in front of you. You expect to find a bloody mess underneath the window when you peer outside and seeing absolutely nothing. That tells you something. That is a spook that just will not end. That's, I mean, I don't know how I would react if I saw something like that. And there's a part of me, the morbid curiosity part of me, that would love to experience something like that. To, to have that get replayed and for me to witness it and then no aftermath whatsoever. So... Those are two of my favorite East Coast haunting locations that, again, I don't know that I'll ever get to stay at the Biltmore Graduate, whatever they want to call it, because it is a fancy hotel, and I'm sure it costs quite a bit. So if any of my listeners are uh, wealthy and want to contribute to a good ghost story, because I will do a live investigation episode right from there, just just let me know, because... Hook your brother up. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. And before I let you go, check out redbubble.com slash people slash shop CKCC for the latest t-shirts and other paraphernalia about your favorite podcasting network, CKCC Radio.